take me gold, I'm like the leprechaun Immortalized, cause with this music I'm never gone Win a chip with my team before I leave, I'm not LeBron Rep the Twin Cities like Detroit with Big Sean okay. Upside down with Mary Jane Kirsten Dunst Hello and welcome to episode number 28 of Oat Sports with Jordan Adams. I am your host, Jordan Adams, and today I am here alone. Um, let's just fire um, right up and get into the NFL here. Uh, the LA Chargers have fired head coach Brandon Staley and GM Tom Telesco after a 63-21 to stomping lost to the Raiders. Um, uh, the uh, linebacker coach, Giff Smith, was named as the interim head coach, and JoJo Wooden as the interim GM. Um, not too familiar with those names, but last week I was, you know, Andrew and I were both saying that we feel, uh, you know, that, that regime has to go. You know, they have to move on and they're done. And um, it's funny, it happens just days later. I mean, I think we recorded last Wednesday. Possibly it was Tuesday, but it was either just one or two days after. So uh, kind of funny. But I, I do really think that Bill Belichick, I think that actually makes a lot of sense, which is just really crazy. Um, but, the you know, the Vikings must have just absolutely pissed the Raiders off, and more specifically, Brian Flores. Um, keep in mind, just one week ago, the Raiders were shut out 3-0 to by the Minnesota Vikings, and then they absolutely stomp the um, Chargers 63-21. to um, Yeah, it's, it's definitely interesting. It makes you really go back to the season, though, the Vikings losing to the Chargers. I get they're not at this level of bad at that time because they did have uh, Keenan Allen and Justin Herbert um, healthy and playing, and that was not happening the uh, for this loss, but still, you add them to the team, that doesn't fix the defensive issues. Um, I still think, you know, Bosa, I, I don't, I don't like him on that team as much. I think that's a big area where you can free up some cap and bring in some relief on defense. Cause they clearly need some help there. Um, you know, it's funny. They went first round wide receiver this year after having Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, um, to get Quentin Johnston and you just look at the defense, clearly that defense, they, they need a lot of help. They need talent. Um, funny how Eric Kendricks was on our awful defense last year. Everyone was freaking out and so worried he goes to the Chargers. And, well, look at look at the Chargers' defense. Um, in other news, Lions quarterback Teddy Bridgewater plans to retire following the 2023 season. If that name sounds familiar to you, well, he's been a backup in the NFL for many years, uh, recently for the New Orleans Saints prior to the uh, Lions, um, and also he was the starting quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings for a number of seasons after being drafted in the first round. Um, for this, I'm just going to say the quality backup uh, QB death market will be more scarce. Um, Bridgewater is not, you know, an A-plus talent like Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes. Like, that's not him, you know, but he's not, he's not, um, ah, man, I'm trying to, think of a good example but uh yeah a stick a stick from the chargers <laughs> that might be a good one or um 
um, the, the starting quarterback, Zach Wilson of the uh, New York Jets, you know, a guy like that. Um, he, he's, he's above that level. So your starting guy goes out, he proved with the Saints, he can roll it for a few games. Like, he he's, has that level of talent. If Goff were to be injured, God forbid, the Lions would not be absolutely screwed. Now, there's definitely a level of drop-off because he's a backup, but Bridgewater is a smart quarterback, and he, he doesn't like to lose you games. He just doesn't like to lose you games. Um... So, you know, it's a little sad, but um, after his horrific injury, you know, things were never really the same with him. Uh, it's a shame we never got to see what he could really be, but, um, you know, as a Vikings fan, I just I just got to wish you uh, a happy retirement if that's what you go with, but if that happens, I'm sure we'll uh, cover that more in depth here at Hope Sports. Um, and then Tampa Bay Buccaneer quarterback Baker Mayfield has first ever perfect passer rating at Lambeau Field by a visiting quarterback. Um, that is absolutely wild. Uh, Lambeau Field is a historic NFL uh, stadium, and it's notoriously difficult to play in. It's notoriously difficult to play in. And Baker Mayfield, of all people, you know, if you thought a perfect passer rating, I don't exactly know what it sums up. I think it's kind of a mystery. A lot of people don't really know, but a high passer rating essentially means he had a good game. Uh, uh, the highest you can have is 158.3. You know, you throw, you have a good completion percentage, a lot of touchdowns and little to no turnovers. You're probably going to have a good passer rating. Um, so to have an absolutely perfect Baker Mayfield out of all people, it's, uh, it's just wild stuff, but it really will be interesting to see what happens with Mayfield this offseason. He took a one-year deal to be the starter of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers after Tom Brady left. Um, there's going to be interest. There's going to be interest. There's Andrew is talking about how many teams. I, I was thinking, you know, hey, there's maybe maybe like five or six teams out there. Or, no, what did I say? Four. I think Andrew was saying there's seven or something like that. So we're, we're kind of like debating in the middle. It's obviously with the injuries, I think I fluctuated a little up. Uh, before was my initial thing. And I think Andrew's even grown up from that uh, seven. I believe that was his initial uh, thought on how many teams would be interested in a new starting quarterback next season. Uh, Baker Mayfield? He will be a starter based on how he's played this year. And even look at last year with the Rams, what he did. You know, he's proven that he can go to multiple teams and perform. You give him some weapons. Um, what is Tampa Bay going to do? Do you, do you want to go out there into the draft and try and find your replacement for the long haul? Do you want to go with Baker Mayfield, who is still relatively young? He could be your franchise quarterback. I... I yeah, I, I don't want to be too high on Baker Mayfield, but if you give him a team and he, and he doesn't, you know, ask for an absurd amount of money, I mean, why couldn't he lead you to the Super Bowl, honestly? Um, I, I think he's capable. You know, like, he gave him the, the Browns roster right now if he was still over there. I don't know. I mean, seriously, I, I, I really don't know. I, 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 think, I think Baker Mayfield is just going to have some really nice interest. And it also kind of makes me question about Mike Evans. Um, he's, you know, he's had a thousand yards every single season. But uh, like I've said in previous episodes, that some of those seasons he's cleared it by a yard, by three yards, you know, just barely crossing that threshold. He did it. I'm not criticizing the man. But this season, 
He did it with weeks to spare, and he's still producing. He's still putting up numbers. He's putting up really good numbers. Um, now I I see before the offseason, he said, you know, I'm not gonna resign here. I'm going to uh, <coughs> excuse me. Um, he said he's not gonna resign with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and explore his options. Um, after this season, though. I have to I have to wonder is that how he's going to still be thinking? I mean, I know you, you were you were thinking you have this long-term deal with this team and Tom Brady left. Things are not looking good. Um well we'll talk about their division a little later in the show, but the division is wide open and I don't see a team in that division that is going to spruce ahead and be the KC Chiefs or the San Francisco 49ers of that division and just you know, clearly dominate or anything. I, I I don't see that team right now. Um, so why the hell couldn't it be Tampa Bay? Every year they could compete, and I have to just question if that's what you want to think. Because because you leave Tom Brady, it's a big question mark of who's coming in. Then you get oh Baker Mayfield. Ah, uh, I don't know if this is gonna work out. But you look at your numbers. Don't think Tampa Bay won't pay you either. Like, I think they would pay Mike Evans. Why wouldn't you want to uh, after this season? And you already have your Super Bowl ring. You're, you're getting stats and production. You're beloved in the city. Don't have to deal with the hassle of moving. You're in Florida where you don't have to pay uh, state taxes. Um, listen, this this is a big deal. That's a big deal to me. Those are a lot of positives I think I think it really reopens that door um, with Baker Mayfield in this discussion. I could see them pairing up together to remain in Tampa Bay, or perhaps they might want to venture off elsewhere. Um, that'll be interesting. And and I gotta say, um, if they don't want Baker Mayfield, I'm thinking Kirk Cousins is a quarterback that they're going to take some interest in. I think a lot of teams are going to be looking at Kirk Cousins. The Atlanta Falcons is another one. Um, I think if the Vikings choose not to have him or or Cousins and the, and, uh, the Vikings can't meet a salary, uh, he's going to have some suitors out there. Um, and it's it's going to be a very interesting offseason. Just looking at these two veteran quarterbacks, Baker Mayfield and Kirk Cousins, um, right there that's that's an exciting offseason just those two players and there's gonna be you know a slew of movement you know with the Jets uh and Zach Wilson uh, Aaron Rodgers what's gonna go on there um so it, 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 it'll definitely be interesting how um this offseason unfolds with uh quarterbacks um and now Ravens running back Keaton Mitchell has suffered a season-ending left knee injury uh he finishes rookie season with eight games played 47 rush attempts 396 rush yards two rushing touchdowns nine receptions and 93 receiving yards uh solid solid rookie season he was his playtime was growing um it, it, it's brutal it seems to always happen with uh baltimore you know they they just can't have a healthy running back room there just always has to be something happening um i don't think this is a huge blow to their like super bowl chances uh it definitely hurts you know losing anyone on your team like i've said with depth it hurts um but running back is one of those positions where I, I think he can get by if everyone if, if everything else is clicking. Um, and they have Gus Edwards still, who's been pretty good. I, I've seen, you know, his production has seen to go down a little bit. Um, and he was playing well for the most part. I feel like he just maybe had one bad game. Um, 
So I'd like to see him get more involved, but um, you know the primary of that team is Lamar Jackson, and he finally has a receiving core that um, is operating out there. I unfortunately lost Mark Andrews, but he, he has a nice connection with Lively. I, I really like how Baltimore looks. I, I don't think that this is uh, the end of the world for them. It's definitely sad news, but um, that you know that that's what. That's what uh that's what champions are made of, you know. You, you got to get through this diversity. You gotta you, you just got to get through this stuff. And injuries are part of the game. Um, the running back position, especially, you're taking a, a big brutal toll on your body every game. Um, so sad stuff. Hopefully, he uh, fully recovers for next season. Uh, the Panthers released linebacker Justin Houston. Uh, this guy's 34 years old now, and he wants to play for a uh, contender. Obviously, I. Uh, for 2023 so far, he's played and started in seven games with nine tackles, half a sack, and a single pass deflection. Not a super um, productive season by any means, but he's also on the Carolina Panthers. I'm not going to look too much into it. I mean, look, this is a guy who's made four Pro Bowls and was a 2014 first-team All-Pro. That's uh, seven years ago, so I understand it's a long time ago, but uh, he's a solid veteran for for depth. He's previously played for KC, uh, the Chiefs, Indianapolis Colts, and the Baltimore Ravens, and the Ravens were the uh, most recent of those playing there uh, 2021 through 2022. he said, I want to play for a, uh, a contender. I always look at their history. If if they if they're a veteran who wants to play for a contender or things aren't looking out, the first thing I do, look where they've previously gone. I mean, yeah, maybe you want to look at Philly. Maybe you want to look at Dallas. It's okay. You know, you want to explore your options, do it. But likely you want to go somewhere where you're familiar with the coaches, you're familiar with the players. So it's not as much of a a distraction and a, a learning curve this far into the season. I, I mean, this is, this is late into the season. We're at late December. There are three games left for teams right now before the playoffs start. This is it. This is the end of the season. So... If you're coming in, it's like say say you get signed this week, you're probably not even gonna play this game, but you're gonna be in practice and having to learn. So that's why you want to go to a place you're more familiar with, obviously. And you just look at his playing history: Kansas City, Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, the, the Colts are a contender right now in the not in the Super Bowl contention, in my opinion, but they're in the playoffs right now, so they're firmly in the hunt, and they are a contender um, by definition. Uh, but the Kansas City Chiefs and Baltimore Ravens are top-tier contenders. The Kansas City Chiefs could really uh, use some more help. Um, I think more so at wide receivers where they could really use it. But um, it, it wouldn't hurt for depth. But Baltimore makes the most sense since he was just there. Um, that would make a lot of sense to me. But we'll have to see. Uh, my bet would be on Baltimore being his number one destination and KC probably being number two. I'd be surprised if he goes elsewhere, but if he does, I'd reckon it's Dallas, San Francisco, or Philly because he wants to play for a contender. Those are the best teams. I mean, yeah, I guess Miami is definitely a possibility too. They're they're a firm uh, contender in this, So, but um, 
I just definitely think Baltimore, Kansas City. That makes sense. Um, and now into some Vikings um, news before we talk about the game. Daniel Hunter becomes sixth all-time sacks Vikings history. He's done it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so let's go over the list real quick. We have Eller at 130.5 sacks, Marshall at 128, Randall at 114, Page at 108, Dolman at 96.5, and then Hunter at 86.5. So he's just 10 sacks behind uh, fifth place. Um, and then Allen, Jared Allen, the former Minnesota Viking, is at 85.5. So Hunter is past him by a full sack at this point. So, um, yeah, Hunter's an all-time Viking great. If you didn't know, now you know. It's official. He's a sack monster. Gonna have an all-pro this year. Gonna make a Pro Bowl this year. Um, you know, he's gonna solidify himself as a great Viking this year. He, he's done it uh, history-wise. Now he's gonna pile on the accolades. Um, and hopefully we can, you know, make the playoffs for his final year. That would be nice. Um, uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit. All right, now let's get into the Minnesota Vikings playing the Cincinnati Bengals. The Vikings lost the game 27-24. Minnesota falls to 7-7 seven seven on the season, while the Bengals improve to 8-6. and six. Um, Before I start talking about players, there's one thing I'm going to highlight and everyone that watched the game, or everyone that's read a news article since the game, they know what the topic is going to be about. KOC needs to get things together with the play calls, okay? I'm not a moron. I'm not going to pretend that I can do his job better than he can do it. Because I can't, the average Joe can't do it. But, on the flip side... As a viewer, and not being um, entangled in the you know it's the X's and O's of being out there communicating with your players, the noise and all the little nuances, I'm able to see up here how certain things look at times. Um, and I gotta say, the tush push I believe is a stupid play. The Vikings have ran it before this season with little to no success. Uh, we are not the Philadelphia Eagles who have done it. Um, and this is a play I just don't like. I mean, that is one reason I highlighted that I don't like it. Not because the Eagles succeed, but because teams like us do it when we just can't. It's it's such an annoying play that teams are trying to adapt when it just doesn't work. And I do not, I do not understand why KOC goes with Brendan Powell to push our quarterback in this tush push. He is the smallest guy. Maybe Addison is smaller. Maybe. That's it. That's it. At, I mean, could you imagine putting Jefferson there? Like, like, like let's, not, let's not imagine the injury chances or just look at his frame. Now imagine having Jefferson in there. And you're like, well, yeah, he's not big enough for that. But he's bigger than Powell, okay? So it, it just doesn't make sense. You bring in another O-line. You bring in a tight end. In fact, 
we have the best blocking tight end in football, Josh Oliver. We specifically brought him in this offseason because Hawkinson isn't the best blocker. And we wanted to have a good blocker there. Now, you've seen him make some touchdowns and catch some balls. He's been playing nice. This is this is what we should have used him. Or how about C.J. Ham? How about C.J. Ham? How many teams have a fullback? How many teams? Less Like five, six maybe? There's not very many teams with a fullback. We are one of them. And in fact, we have a pretty darn good fullback in C.J. Ham. Why was he not pushing? Okay? And and this isn't this isn't unfair I think. Because it wasn't just once that he ran this play. He did the exact same crap twice. Third and fourth down. Um So if you're going to be an idiot and do the do that play once. Okay. But then, you know, you'd think, "Hey, that didn't work. Maybe I should do something else." How about uh, let Chandler go? You know, give him a run. He was averaging over five yards a carry. Over five. Hell, just let CJ Ham run it even. You know, that's fine. Give a damn wide receiver a chance. You have Justin Jefferson out there. I'd rather have you throw it up to him and give him a one-on-one chance to catch it. Honest to God. Addison, he had a hot game. You have Hawkinson, a big tight end out there. If you don't want to use Oliver to block, then hey, throw to him. I mean, seriously, there there is an infinite a number of plays that I would have ran instead of that play twice. Honestly, I, I'd do a freaking punt over that play twice. It didn't make any sense. It didn't make any sense. And I was infuriated watching it once, but then twice? I mean, I, I lost my mind. And... It, it, it is sad, but like I said, I'm not as smart as KOC, but right here, this, I would have never made that play, okay? I probably wouldn't have been able to put us in that situation. I probably wouldn't be able to have our team still in it this season, but I can tell you, that moment right there, that is not the play I would have ran, and I sure as hell would not have run it twice, um... And this isn't the first boneheaded call KOC's made all year. It, it 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 is getting concerning. Okay, I mean, there's a lot of positives. His first season, he he led us to a division title with that crap defense. This year, we've had four, one, two, three, four starting quarterbacks. We're still in the thick of things. Okay, I mean, let's look at the positives for him for real. But he does make some boneheaded calls. And I don't know, man. I, I, I really don't know how to perceive that. I mean, I, I hope he can just grow and be better, but I, I just see the same mistakes constantly, and it starts to make you worry. And that's the same concerns I have with our GM. I mean, yeah, he, he made some hits, okay? I mean, I, I understand he didn't really want Addison. That was more KOC, so more of a plus for him. But look at some of these other steals we've had. I mean, Chandler, we got a, a great undrafted free agent and Ivan Pace. There's a slew of talent that we've got. I mean, yeah, I understand Sign was a was a bust. Ingram, big bust. But there's some quality players on this team. So it, it it's just really frustrating when you're losing and this crap goes on. Um, 
But it is what it is. I, it's not like I would want to fire him right now because this season needs to play out. It's way too deep into the season, and I just don't think you can really blame the quarterback or the coach when he's on his fourth quarterback of the year. So, um, yeah, I guess that's all I have to say on that one. Um, now let's get into the players. Um, Mullins went 26 for 33, 303 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, six carries, and 10 yards. Um, those interceptions were atrocious. We should have had points on the board, both of those, especially the second one. Um, one of the, um, I mean, it wasn't like gut wrenching cause that's when the playoffs more so, but, um, it was pretty brutal. You know, it's almost kind of like you expected it with this season though. So it, it was pretty tolerable, um, amongst awful Vikings plays, um, I'm not too upset with Mullins. He played a hell of a lot better than I think Dobbs would have, but uh, I'm still under the favor of giving Hall a shot. I, I'd really like to give Hall a shot. I, I that's what that's what I want. Mullins is fine, and I think maybe he probably gives you a better chance to win. But you couldn't pull it together against the Bengals. Um, he had that whiff against the Bears. Blue against the Chargers earlier this year. The Eagles. I mean, there's just so many games you can point fingers to. And at this point, I kind of think it's too late. So I'd really just let Hall run it. That's really what I wish would happen. But I believe Mullins got the uh, starting nod already. So uh, that will not be happening. Uh, Chandler had 23 carries, 132 yards, a touchdown, three receptions, 25 receiving yards. He looked great, exactly as I've been saying all season. I'd like to see Ty Chandler. And, you know, I mean, I'm not going to say I'm a genius because we've all seen Madison but that's another thing with KOC, because this dude went and traded for Acres, and he had Madison going no matter what with all his fumbles, while this stud was just sitting on the bench. I mean, and I've been saying it since the beginning of the season. I've been saying it since the beginning of the season. Absolutely, I have. Go back and listen to any podcast. I I've, I was hounding on wanting Ty Chandler. I was mad trading for Acres because I wanted Ty Chandler. Acres was fine. I liked him. Madison was just becoming bad, but I wanted to give Chandler a chance. And why the hell don't you give the young guy a chance? It doesn't make any sense. Look at that game. Just brilliant stuff. And just go. It, it's it's kind of another thing with KOC. I guess I'm not done with my raid on him. He, he just, he has, I think him and the GM have an ego issue with, with their players. Like, like Ingram should not be a starter at right guard all those times. I understand he's improved a little, but man, when I look at him, like I see the pro football focus is giving him good grades and stuff. But when I see him at the time, he looks clueless. I, I just don't like him. And I, I think they just wanted to stick with Madison because they gave him the contract and they didn't want to be wrong. They just didn't want to be wrong. Um, I, I'm shocked that they haven't put sign in there for the exact same reason that they want to look right on that safety pick and like refuse to take him out. Uh, thank goodness he's in, uh, street clothes. Um, Addison had a fantastic game, six receptions, 111 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, the one play that he like basically scooped up off the ground, robbed it from the turf, uh, Mullins just it's nice he was able to get it off but not a very good pass uh Addison though I mean my god this guy is 
he is something. Him and Jefferson and Hawkinson, what a trio. What a trio. You have uh, Cousins coming back next year or a rookie. I mean, you make sure you get a guy who's going to pull the trigger. This is an exciting offense. And hey, I was saying we get a running back in the draft. I still think we do that and get rid of Madison. But I want to see Chandler is like, I want to see a a, a duo, a two-headed monster at running back. Give someone to compliment Chandler. And I, I think they can look really good. I mean, seriously. This offense, I was hyping it up all year this year, and I think you've just gotten glimpses of it here and there uh, this season because you've seen you know points like that. Chandler looks great, and uh, Addison had a great game. You've seen what Jefferson can do. Uh, Hawkinson's had great games. I mean, you, you, you click it all together and have things just gelling. I mean, it, it has all the potential in the world to be a scary offense. Uh, speaking of Jefferson, seven catches, 84 yards, starting to get back into a groove. That's nice uh, coming back from his injury. Uh, it's going to be hard for him to get 1,000 yards on the season. I really doubt that happens, which is sad. I was hoping he could uh, match Mike Evans. But again, it shows how impressive his stuff is. It's not even all about talent just about staying healthy and that's half the battle right there <clears throat> but i sure hope he gets it and um, then hawkinson six catches 63 yards he had a solid game out there um greg joseph one for one field goals three for three extra points uh then we had akalib evans four tackles two pass deflections and an interception dj wanham with six tackles one sack and two pass deflections josh metellus five tackles and a sack daniel hunter the legend Five tackles and two sacks. And Jonathan Bullard with a tackle and a sack. A lot of sacks on defense. Um, You know, they lost Jamar Chase pretty early. And then, uh, boy, T. Higgins just took that game over. Um, I, I, I didn't think the Bengals would be like this, but... Oh, kudos. Uh, it, it was at least a pretty entertaining game. I got to say that. It was it was much more fun than the Bears or the uh, or the Raiders game, you know? Because I always liked the win. But the Raiders game was so awful watching it. It just wasn't exciting. And the, and the Bengals game, it was exciting. Even when it wasn't going our way, there, there was at least things happening. So uh, I appreciated that. Um, now let's get into division standing since the NFL playoffs are near, uh, the playoff picture in the AFC, um, the seventh seed is the Indianapolis Colts at eight and six. They are steady from last week. Uh, number six seed is the Cincinnati Bengals at eight and six. They are a new addition replacing the Pittsburgh Steelers who have fallen out of playoff the playoff picture, not contention. Um, and then we have at number five, the Cleveland Browns, nine and five. They stay pat. Number four, we have Jacksonville at eight and six. They stay pat. Number three, we have the Kansas City Chiefs at nine and five. They stay pat. Number two, the Miami Dolphins at 10 and four. They stay pat. And number one, the Baltimore Ravens at 11 and three. They stand pat. However, they do clinch a playoff spot officially and are locked in 
Um, they haven't won their division yet, but they do have a playoff spot, so there are only six more spots up for grabs in the AFC. Um, three teams have been eliminated in the AFC. Uh, the New England Patriots, uh, they are 3-11 and out. The New York Jets are 5-9, and they're out. And the Tennessee Titans are 5-9, and they are out. The AFC East uh, remaining teams... Uh, the Jets and Patriots did lose this week, if you were wondering. Uh, the Buffalo Bills won at 8-6, and six, and Miami Dolphins won at 10-4. and four. Uh, Tight, tight contestant there. Uh, like I said, I felt the Jets were done, and uh, they are officially mathematically done. Um, I really feel like Miami is the better team here, but Buffalo's been playing pretty hot. Um They've had a lot of issues, but I'm wondering if they get in. I'm wondering if they get in at this point. Um, I, I definitely feel like if if every team had been healthy and not lost their quarterbacks, I think it would be a lot more challenging, but things are not like that right now. Um, then let's get into the AFC North. Um, Baltimore won going to 11-3. Cleveland won going to 9-5. Cincy won going to 8-6. Pittsburgh lost going to 7-7. Seven seven. Uh, Baltimore is clearly the cream of the crop. Uh, they succeeded their playoff position i believe they will win their division i think they're the most talented team there um cleveland has a hell of a defense um flacco's working it there they're not giving up their playoff spot they're definitely making it uh the Bengals, man they're 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 really looking pretty nice actually i i gotta say um just the way they're playing i, I don't know if they're gonna relinquish a playoff spot um it's going to be kind of upsetting, though, because some good teams are going to be out in the AFC, and I guess the Bengals without Joe Burrow aren't necessarily that team, um, but it'll be interesting. And the Steelers, uh, there's just no way they catch up. They have such a difficult division, um, and they're just they're so far behind now. They're just so far behind. Um, you know, just being two games out from Cleveland and one game from Cincy, that's that's tough. That's tough. There are other eight and six teams that aren't in the playoffs right now. Um, it, it's just brutal. Um, then the AFC South, Jacksonville is just on a downturn. Uh, I really don't know about Jacksonville. Um, I, I thought they looked really good early on, but they're really cooling off. And they're not trending in the right direction for the playoffs. Uh, I could see them just being eliminated right away or just maybe sneaking by the wild card. But, you know, Baltimore, Miami, KC, and hell, even Cleveland, I think those are the better teams. I, I, I see them more being the final four in the AFC when it comes down to it. Uh, it the Colts, they won going to 8-6. and six. Um they're tied with Jacksonville now. Uh, without Anthony Richardson, are they seriously going to compete for this division? I mean, Houston, they also won at 8-6. That's a three-way tie. Uh, Tennessee's the only team that's eliminated. Uh, this is going to be a heated, heated, heated final three weeks. Teams are all locked in. Um, the way things are going, I mean, seriously, I could see Indy winning this division. 
not what I would have suspected, especially with C.J. Stroud's play uh, before he got hurt. You know, you would assume that maybe Houston wins it too at some point uh, over Indy, but uh, just wild stuff. Uh, the AFC West, KC finally got their win at nine and five. Denver lost, going to seven and seven. Vegas won six and eight. Chargers lost five and nine. Chargers are they're all but done. Um, I feel like they'll be eliminated from the picture after this week. Um, and then the Vegas, um, yeah, they're, they're done too. They looked pretty good, but they were playing the Chargers. So, you know, be a little mindful with that. They're not playing the Chargers every single week. Uh, Denver, yeah, I like them, but, uh, this loss, I, I just, I don't know. I, I don't really see them finding a way to get in. Uh, they might be able to, but it's just, it's a difficult road. There's multiple teams at eight and six ahead of them and Pittsburgh's at seven and seven with them. So it's so crowded. Um, and then hell Vegas is just a game back. So, you know, even they could surpass you at some point. Um, uh, so I see Casey getting that division, um, probably finishing with the third seed is my guess. Um, that's just, that's the way things are kind of looking right now. Um, and then the NFC, uh, the seventh seed is the LA Rams at seven and seven. They're a new addition replacing the Green Bay Packers and number six. Well, actually the rest of these are all the exact same. So number six, Minnesota Vikings, seven and seven, number five, Philly, 10 and four, number four, Tampa Bay, seven and seven, number three, Detroit, 10 and four, number two, Dallas, 10 and four, number one, San Francisco, 11 and and three um the washington commanders are eliminated at four and ten the carolina panthers have been eliminated at two and twelve and the arizona cardinals have been eliminated at three and eleven uh we have three playoff seeds not locked down here in the nfc san francisco 49ers have clinched their division at 11 and three so they will have one of those top four spots um Actually, it's guaranteed they will have the top three spot because the NFC South cannot have the number one seed at this point. Um, and uh, then the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles have both locked in at least a wild card uh, slot. They're both 10 and 4. So one of them's going to win their division, one's going to be a wild card team. Extremely likely. Almost positively certain they will be the fifth seed, like I predicted, uh, the Dallas Cowboys to be. Um, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I, I feel like the Cowboys are trending better than the Eagles, though, so I, I could definitely see the, the Eagles having that fifth seed. Um, but definitely an NFC East team will have that fifth seed, like I predicted. Um, so in this division, every single team lost. Dallas and Philly are both 10-4. and four, The Giants, 5-9. and nine, Washington, 4-10. and 10. Um it is what it is. You know, the Dallas Cowboys were looking really good until they played the Bills, and uh, they really shut them down. Um, that is what it is. And then Philly not looking too good against Seattle, who is really heating up. Um, I actually, I believe that the Rams and Seattle Seahawks will occupy the 6th and 7th wildcard spots. I do not think the Minnesota Vikings win. I believe we have to win out. I think we have to win out after losing to Cincy. That's why I'm saying one of these games all year that we lost, I mean, you gotta, it's got to kill you. It's got to kill you. I think we beat the Lions. 
I think we beat the Lions, okay? I think we beat them this week. I think we do it. I don't think we lose any hope this week. I think we beat the Packers. That's right. I think we beat the Packers. We're going to play them at home. I believe we beat the Packers. But then, we're going to have to go to Detroit. And we're going to have to win that game to make the playoffs. They will have locked up the division... I don't think there's going to be much to play for at that point for the Lions because they're going to have that loss against us, I believe. I think they're going to play. I think they're going to eliminate us. I don't think we win in Detroit. I don't think we win in Detroit. Maybe I'll have that flipped around. Maybe I'll have that flipped around and we lose this game, win the final two to have hope, but can't get in because of uh, other teams uh, making tiebreakers or just having a straight-up better record. Um, it's going to be a, it's going to be a really concerning three weeks, but, uh, it is what it is. Uh, so Detroit, they won at 10 and four Vikings lost at seven and seven green Bay lost six and eight Chicago lost five and nine Chicago is going to be done here. Uh, probably this week is my guess. Uh, green Bay, they're not trending in the right direction. Um, they're right in that spot Damien didn't want them to be in and that I thought they would. So it's kind of nice. I'm just glad they're out of the playoffs. That was that was bugging the hell out of me. Um, the Vikings just, they just won't, they just can't lose the sixth seed, man. We've been in the sixth seed for like two weeks. We look like crap. Um, again, it is what it is. And the Lions looked just great. They have a three-game lead and they got to play us twice. So, I mean, yeah, the Vikings technically could win this division still, but... I just don't see it happening. I don't see it happening. Um, we'll have to see. We'll have to see, though. Uh, then the NFC South, Tampa Bay, 7-7 seven and seven they won. New Orleans, they won 7-7. Seven and seven. Atlanta lost 6-8. and eight. Carolina won 2-12. and 12. Um, Yeah, so Atlanta's done with this three-way tie. They looked so great against New Orleans a couple weeks ago, and then what the hell was that last week? Um... Tampa Bay is the best team here, for sure. At this point, I think I'm ready to say it. Like, it's just a slew of crap half the time, but they're trending right. Baker Mayfield's playing good, and I just like Mike Evans right now. I just like him. I like their run game. I like that defense. I like their coaching, and I like the easy division. I'm going with Tampa Bay to win it at this point, even though I picked New Orleans at the beginning of the season. Hey, if New Orleans gets their crap together... They could win it. They they're not done, but I just don't see Atlanta doing it. I they're there there's no way. The their coach, he needs to be shown the door. I mean absolutely he needs to be shown the door. Dude is a clueless moron. Talk about me, you know, I'm I'm saying I'm not smarter than KLC. I can't do his job better. I can do I believe his name is Arthur Smith is their coach. I can do his job better. I guarantee it. It's really simple. You have good players, you let them have the ball. Wild stuff. Um, that's the NFC South. And then the NFC West, San Francisco, uh, like I said, they already won their division. They're at 11-3. The Rams and Seahawks both won. They're at 7-7. and And the Cardinals lost 3-11. and They're eliminated. Um, Seattle's trending right. The Rams are trending right. I like Stafford right now. Um, and just things are clicking in Seattle. I think they're, they're a good team. That's going to make a wild card spot over us on uh, San Francisco. Uh, they have that little downturn after the Vikings beat them where they like had a two or three week, 
uh, bad rap. I think uh, they lost before playing us too. But yeah, like three or four weeks where they just weren't looking that good. And they've, they've picked it the hell up. They're definitely a top tier contender right now. Um, so yeah, uh, like I said, uh, I believe the Vikings will win on Christmas Eve against the Detroit Lions. Um, but it's going to be really difficult to make the playoffs. I would not get your hopes up. Um, now I have mixed feelings. Obviously we make the playoffs. I'm going to be extraordinarily happy. I'm going to be really excited to watch my team another week and enjoy a playoff game. Um, I think it's going to be a really brutal playoff game though. Because it's very likely we will be one of the, if not the least talented team in the playoffs. Um, and if we lose, it's going to be a little upsetting because we didn't make the playoffs. But vice versa. It's also kind of nice. Hey, we didn't make the playoffs. Better draft position. We know exactly where we're drafting this offseason. That's good. We can start looking forward and don't have to get embarrassed in the playoffs. Just enjoy other teams who actually are playing well. Um... So yeah, it's just going to be an interesting three weeks, but I feel like the Vikings win this game. Uh, we got to keep our hopes up, and it's going to be a brutal freaking Christmas Eve if we lose. Seriously, it's a, it's a noon game, so then you're going to have to carry that crap with you all day. All freaking day that they lost. And that it's probably over, even though it might be kind of good. But it's still going to suck. And then... The next one is New Year's Eve. That's going to be a tough one. That's going to be a tough one if you lose. Going to be a great one if you win, though. An absolutely great one. Um, and then I believe January 7th is when we play our final game against the Lions. Um, that'll hopefully be a normal game, but I could see it you know, being a the 7 o'clock primetime game to finish out the season. Uh, I think right now it's slotted, uh, slotted for a noon game, though, so... Um, We'll have to see uh, how things turn out these next two weeks before they decide what to flex inside. I really hope it's not our game, though. I'd like just like a, you know, a normal game on a non-holiday. That'd be just great. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a brutal finish here. I really feel like Seattle and the Rams are going to lock in those two final wild card spots. Um, I just don't think the Vikings really deserve it. Um, we've given up too many games that we should have won. Uh, it's really sad, but um, yeah, I, the reason I think the Vikings are going to win this game against the Detroit Lions, because I don't think Goff has been so effective under extreme pressure. I feel like he's a quarterback that gets bothered by that, and Brian Flores, he's unpredictable. You know, he's blitzed at an extremely high percentage, and he's also backed off. I think he's a, this last game, you know, we allowed a lot of points, but before that, you know hardly anything the last two games against the Bears and the uh, Raiders. And I know it's Bears and Raiders, but then you saw the Raiders put up 63. Yeah, it's the Chargers, but still, give Flores his props. And then this last game, it didn't look as great. Oh, well, but I'm still going to trust in Flores. And um, I think he's going to have a game plan for Jared Goff. But if he doesn't, if that game looks anything like last week defensively, there's no way. Montgomery will wear the hell out of that defense. And Gibbs, he's going to break one. He might break two. They're, they're, they could look really scary. Uh, they, they, have a, they have an extremely fun offense. Um, 
So yeah, it, it, it's no gimme. This is this is an extremely brutal end of the season. It's why you had to beat the Bears. You had to beat the Bengals. Those were much easier games than Lions, Packers, Lions. But it is what it is. Um, so that is it for this episode, ladies and gentlemen. Um, our next uh, podcast will be either December 26th or December 27th. So I hope everyone has a happy and safe holiday. Um, I hope everyone has Merry Christmas Eve and Merry Christmas Day. Enjoy his time with family. Um, I'm so thankful for everyone listening to me um, do this podcast. I really appreciate it. And um, I can't wait to get back next week, and hopefully it will be with an upbeat Vikings episode. Until then, that is it for Ope Sports with Jordan Adams. Jordan Adams, signing off. Don't take me gold, I'm like the leprechaun. Immortalized, cause with this music I'm never gone. Win a chip with my team before I leave, I'm not LeBron. Rep the Twin Cities like Detroit with Big Sean. Okay. Upside down with Mary Jane Kirsten Dunn. 